Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to heed the gigantic talking claymation moon's advice and get a job. Do 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 do. That's right, it's grunt work. Bills, selling blading wheels. She ain't sold in a week. I'm out selling her still. Talk about me, cause these customers scared to shop without me. Golfers chatting about me. There ain't no par without me. There ain't no stealing round me. See these shoppers all around me. Lots of sports dealing round me going down in Wayne County. <laughs> these <laughs> spokes are 22. Those skis cost me 22. Wax for them is 22. Pulls go for 22. These boards are super thick. They're also 22. Everything is 22. Our address is 222. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm every day on Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that offers you a rewards card for huge savings. Big sip of water. I am your host, Landon. Thank you for shopping with us, Solano. Joined always by my co-host, Truman. Clean up on aisle 22. Caps. <laughs> oh, thank you, Landon. I'm I'm so sorry about the cleanup. I was trying to uh, I was trying to reach for a bottle of Fago, the national drink of Wayne County, or the local drink of Wayne County, and you know the whole thing came falling off. I started you know spraying it around to get in the to get in the vibe. Um, oh man, I, what, that, I thought... I'm not gonna lie. That reminds me of my first job at Kmart, um, which that that just kind of sets the stage for this whole episode because holy moly. Nostalgic times be here is a way I've decided to phrase that thought. <laughs> that that you know, there the in the forties it was happy times are here again. Now it's nostalgic times be here. Kind of a kind of a mashup of meme language and pirate talk. Uh, yes, I, I I too agree that this episode was p- quite pirates, a pirates as well play into this episode. True, um, true, they do. Um, also, wow. Landon, I just have to say, I feel yeah. on the one hand I feel bad because I'm you know I'm not a rad dude. I feel bad because I'm not rad. I don't listen to <laughs> rap Rick music. Ross. I didn't listen to yeah. I didn't listen to all this uh, this you know cool uh, rap music from the '90s. I don't ha- so I can't really when you're this doing is, these. This intros, is from the the 2010s. Well, okay, then whatever. I, I don't listen to any rap from any time. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> Well, any any rap is a mystery to me, pretty much. So to listen to you talk, sing an intro like this, I, I can really, on the one hand, I can't appreciate the wordplay and the places that you're swapping things out. I don't know how much of that song that you were singing actually was about them all. But on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand... Zero percent of it. A lot of it was drug dealing. A lot of it is talking about keeping your name out of killer's mouths. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want my name to be in a killer's mouth either. I don't want killers to be talking about me. Even the band, the killers, I think they've kind of passed their prime. But what I like, though, Landon, about not knowing that, my ignorance allows me to believe that you write original tone poems for every episode. And you are kind of, Mm -hmm. to me, in my heart, the poet laureate of this podcast. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Um, I, since I don't want my name in killers' mouths either, uh, or to start a beef with, um, you know, uh, an already delicate topic of whether or not I'm appropriating um, <laughs> a certain culture's music for our incredibly stupid, stupid uh, means here, I uh, am not going to take credit for it. You know, look, Landon, that reminds me of a story about another 
white guy from Michigan who was accused uh-huh. of appropriating another culture's uh, music I, for his own I almost means. went with uh, Till I Collapse for this week's, uh, but Rick Ross just, it fits so much better once I hit on that 22 rhyme. Well, that's that's good, man. I'm glad I'm glad that your artistic uh, process took you there. I'm also glad that this has become a part of our podcast now where we kind of do the intro and then we reflect on the intro and discuss and review the <laughs> intro. We really have begun eating our own tail. We don't just we're not we, we are reviewing the episodes so hard that we start reviewing ourselves reviewing the some, episode. Some people have sore arms from getting the vaccine. Mine is from patting myself on the back. Uh <laughs> Truman, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week, like we do every time we do one of these shows. We did. Uh, Can you tell me what we watched this week? Well, what we watched, Landon, was the TV show Home Improvement, and what happened Mm -hmm. on this episode of the TV series Home Improvement was this. Mm -hmm. Okay. In order to save up money to get a new car, Brad takes a job at a local sporting goods store where his natural salesmanship and tenacious attitude quickly makes a good impression on his affable sports car-driving, ski-condo-owning, 25-year-old boss, Rob. So many questions. (laughs) As Brad spends more and more time working with Rob, and less and less time working on the hot rod, Tim grows concerned that Rob is a bad influence who's stealing his boy away from him. When Brad skips his PSATs to work a shift at the store, Tim goes to the store to demand that Brad quit. But... With some help from Rob, they're both able to teach Brad the importance of making time for work, school, and everything else in life. A.K.A. the hot rod. Yes, Truman. Yes, yes. Free labor. Do you want to, uh, even though I think I know what one of them are already, do you want to guess that title? Uh, I do want to guess that title. Uh, I have, I have three options and now i'm already scared that i i now now i already have anxiety that you think that you know what one of them is because i don't yes. think any of them are great first one <laughs> okay tim employee of the month okay <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now i know that you're all it's a, it's a c plus you, you pass with that I, I i and i listen i know that everybody at home is like come on truman this episode is more of a brad centric episode than a tim centric episode why would they call it tim employee of the month and i'm sorry but but you know it's but are you it's it's it's, well no i guess i'm not sorry fuck you the (laughs) podcast is free okay second option which i think is better (laughs) second option brad influence oh you said they weren't good you lied to me okay okay thank you thank you that you know they're good but also derivative as evidenced by my second option brad company (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because brad works for a company sort i of. see sort of uh we'll get LLC. into the que- questions about that uh brad comp or, uh yeah brad influence i think is um my pick of yours for the week i thought one of your titles was going to be hot rob oh, <laughs> that would have made sense rob is quite hot <laughs> Um, Damn it, that would have been good. I wasn't thinking. Uh, Trying to think of how to give you a clue, uh, because none of them are correct. What? This this is a difficult one, man. Um, Yeah, I don't even know how to give you a clue here. Wow, I mean, that's okay, okay. Um, I guess it it, it could be a very generic song title of a very specific type of music. A very generic song title doesn't help you at all. <laughs> a very specific type of music. Hmm. One of the words is apostrophized. 
I just made up that word. Apostrophe. No, but I, I still I know what it I know what it means though. The secret language of, of podcasting pros. Uh, okay, of a very specific type of music. Um. Okay. The, I I I think we can call it for the Chalupa challenge, but just for shits and giggles, uh, I'm gonna see if you can get it if I give you a little uh musical cue. Um, I've got them. Okay, I've got That's them. It. I've got them. I've got, I've got them. How would you? Okay, what type of song, and how would you finish that sentence in the song, in the lyrics of that that type of song? I've got the. Uh, uh oh man, I've got the something blues. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh the uh the work blues the 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 sp- sporting goods blues. I've got the. <laughs> Not the summertime blues, <laughs> uh, which I think is about getting a job, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, the, or, yeah, well, getting no. a job, sucking at your job, and then not getting paid. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna pull the plug on this. It's yeah, the yeah, work, pull the, pull working the plug man blues, flushes. working man blues. I never would have got that. No, never I didn't think come so. Close. Uh, um, Brad Company <laughs> still better. <laughs> Brad Company, I do. Brad Influence is my choice. I, but, okay, uh, Brad Company makes me think about the band Bad Company. I guess that's <laughs> that's why I like it. Episode aired December tenth, nineteen ninety six. Uh, directed by Peter Boners. Uh, written by Luce Luce <laughs> Luce. I got so distracted not laughing at Peter Boners that I <laughs> Come on. went into uh, Bruce Ferber and Lloyd Garber. R- okay, Garber. Okay. Ferber and Garber. Oh God, okay. I've lost it already, Truman. How did you feel about this freaking episode, L- Landon? I think I should. I I, I kind of want to ask you how you felt about this episode, because... <laughs> but I need to compose myself. Okay. Well, but what I'm going to tell you is going <laughs> to make you lose your composure. So okay. I don't I don't know if you should maybe just stay uncomposed. I don't okay. even do the work and then and then lose. Your I'm shit composed again. again. The 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 talking through it has already composed me. So okay. Uh, so me telling you that you're gonna that your your wig will be flipped by what I'm gonna say to you. I uh, okay. Go ahead. Flip my wig. Sir. I want. I, I dare want, you. I want not just you, Landon, but I want everyone listening at home to to firmly grasp your buttocks with your hands not for any creepy reason but i want you unless to pull... you're driving <laughs> well i mean pull your car if you're driving by oh my god pull over please pull over to the side of the road or turn on you're your in public lights. if you've got headphones on you're walking around your neighborhood or a sidewalk i mean a make sure you're six feet apart but even yeah. that distance people will see you <laughs> grasping your butt so make sure that you know just protect yourself <laughs> if you that's what you, i'm saying if you tightly grab your butt i would venture that people around you will keep even wider <laughs> than uh, <laughs> six foot distance from you i think that ass grabbing it will keep you very safe from any any uh close-up encounters with any people yeah, look i'm i'm telling you this just just for your own safety that you should hold on to your butts because sure, I'm i've been holding you, my butt this whole time tell me what you're well, gonna say okay I've enjoyed this episode of Home Improvement more than I've enjoyed some episodes of Frasier. Now, everyone hold tightly Holy to your asses. Shit. Oh, man. Lest they fly I to, off. I had to back away from the microphone. Wow. Yes. That. Yes. That's a statement. That is a statement. It is a statement with the power to rend asses asunder from the uh, the nega ass area that we have <laughs> d- discussed in the past and then forgot for a long time for, I think, understandable reasons. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Wow. I, the episode, the, the, if, if there is, there is at least 
one, maybe two. And they're certainly from the the last season of Frasier, when I think the show was at its weakest. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to damn Home Improvement with faint praise. I'm just saying, I know that I, for <laughs> a very long time on this podcast, have perhaps unfairly compared a fun, cute family sitcom to mm-hmm. Frasier, a very different type of show with a very different type of audience. <laughs> very erudite uh, singles uh, spinoff of a immensely popular show of a character that's been around for... What was it, 40-some years? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. I mean, was there, what were their years before Frasier? Who can even say? <laughs> I, it, it, it's, you know, Not what, for you. You were born into Frasier. I guess. I I was born into the Frasier. You know, the rest of you came to it later, but I it's all I ever <laughs> have known. Um, the point is, it you know, an apple, an orange, whatever. I, I have unfairly compared it, perhaps, at times in the past. But I just want to say that uh, this episode, I thought, was absolutely brilliant and energetic and cool and funny and uh, just just a good piece of television in a way that uh, at least a couple of those later season Frasier episodes were not. So take mm-hmm. that, haters. People who say that we don't like this podcast, well, we well, okay, we don't like this podcast. Who don't like this show that we make a podcast about? <laughs> Truman... Uh, Oh, my God. I have to admit, I appreciate you telling me to hold on to my butt. I thought you were – I thought the preface was going on too long. I thought that yeah. this is too much preparation for whatever you were about to reveal, and uh, I give it to you. I appreciate the safety precautions. That – I mean, I had to hold on to my butt so my wig didn't fly off and Wait, go I- – under my butt i don't know Wait, landon where's your wig located if holding your butt keeps your wig on to you I, I don't think you're using wigs right and that I is thought, a conversation see, I, I was, later I was, <laughs> I was so concerned about my wig flipping off that i took it off my head and held it under my butt while holding my butt so that everything would be protected I, Landon, I want you to promise me right now that you're going to wash your wig as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> Are you supposed to wash those things? <laughs> and wow. scene. Um, Truman, that is surprising to me. Now, I, uh, it's no, I mean, people that are caught up with the show uh, know where my trajectory has been going <laughs> in a couple episodes. Have, have you maintained the trajectory? Landon, how did you feel about this episode? Uh... I thought we would be on the same page going into this. Um, I did not expect you to like it as much as you do. Uh, for me, I love this episode. It, it's okay. easily my okay. favorite of the season so far. Good. Uh, and it was, as I mentioned earlier, uh, nostalgic is here. Yes. <laughs> Nosta- <laughs> yes. Now more than ever, nostalgic is come to town. Hooray. <laughs> uh, because I used to work in a mall in the 90s. Uh, the, you know, I'm going to comment on, I mean, like there are details throughout this episode of like my experience working in a mall that I'm going to comment along the way, but holy shit, it really brought me back to a specific time and I have a lot of, you know, plot hole questions, but, um, you know, I, I'm forgiving of them because I did think it was really funny. I thought it was well constructed. I liked the little, there are a lot of funny lines and a little, there, there are some like out of the corner of your eye acting flourishes that might go past the, the distracted viewer that I thought were like really, really funny. Um, uh, this this is I feel like the first time in a long time that an or well I don't know 
Not very often on this show do we get an episode that actively rewards you really closely watching yeah. and scrutinizing the episode, and and this one does. It's just yes. really a nice feeling for the show to be meeting us at the perhaps unfair level of scrutiny we're giving it. <laughs> I also thought I thought it was a great story, and I thought they handled it well. I thought it had a great message, and I, I have zero complaints about this this. Uh, this episode, which goes to to show, like, you know, I watch a lot of bad movies, and yes. I enjoy them, and yes. I am very forgiving of them because I don't expect a movie where somebody can make somebody else's head explode with their with their mind to have a lot of realistic uh, depictions in there, how they get from point A to point B. Like, I'm <laughs> watching it for a specific reason. So, all of that to say that, like you don't have to work too hard to sell me on something. So when you've lost me, as they have in the past couple episodes, I think it's deserved. Here, it's like, you didn't have to work hard to win me over, and you did, and you won me over in a big, big way. Which is honestly why I'm kind of surprised that this is a Ferber and Garver episode, because this feels so, like, just like this... I mean, okay, so they, they've written quite a few episodes, more than I can list here. Yeah. And they're all over the board. They have some of the best episodes of the series. I, so I guess, I'm not yeah. too surprised that it's by them. And I'm, the fact that Peter Boners is directing, who, as I criticized two episodes ago for having a comedy-first approach rather than story and character, which is where I think comedy comes from. Yeah. Uh, or at least I prefer it. My type of, uh, you know, my preference for humor comes from primarily from character and situation more than it does just jokes. Yeah. Um, so like you're the fact that... to come from the sit in a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, you know, it's a great pairing of, you know, a couple of veteran director uh, writers and a director that just are working really well together. And I... uh, it, it, shows yeah and i was in no way trying to dunk on ferber and garver by saying i was surprised that they wrote this episode we really liked because i i agree they've written some good ones in the past but this just felt like such a dramatically like (laughs) it just felt like so dramatically different in a good way like the same characters we love but just everything tuned up and running like uh like uh one of those their engines in them their hot rods (laughs) etc one of those cars it's one of them Um, supercharged v8 drop top mm -hmm. uh painted red flames on it yes um It's a yeah. It's a hell of a shit. Can I? Well, I was gonna say you want to jump in the deep end, but um, you I'm know I think after already. after that, yeah, I'm gonna hold your hand and put some floaties on you, and we're gonna slowly tiptoe into this shallow end. Uh, yes. Well, I ate within the past hour, so actually, I might I might have a cramp. I'm just gonna sit here on my towel and keep my shirt on. One other thing, okay. though. One other. Yeah. Actually, no. You know what? I'm gonna say it when we get in the episode. Let's. Okay. Uh, I, nonetheless, though, I will only dip my toe in. Well, then, guess what, Truman? What? We're into the episode. We're on tool time. Wow. That, wow, that's an interesting new transition we're doing. I like that. Yes, we're in the episode. We're on tool time where yeah. we don't even need to see what went down. Tim was up to his yep. usual tricks, and the grunt creep is exti- extinguishing a smoldering, what was it? Like a power uh, cord? Melted power cord, yeah. yeah. Too many too many things plugged into the same outlet. Um, immediate point of order. Yes. Uh, I'll read verbatim what my... Don't say P-O-O, which is, you know, poo for point of order. Oh, of course. That's all it could mean. P-O-O colon W-T-F. <laughs> the grunt creep can affect the physics of the home improvement world? Uh, yeah, so it really is 
now suggesting that they do know who the grunt creep is he's like (laughs) it's like how in in like a muppet movie how it's like yeah half of the people who work at this restaurant are puppet rats and half of them are humans and the humans don't seem to care about the rats like it's (laughs) he's just like a muppet who works the show so okay i'm going on a tangent already i have a question about muppet muppet world which is the people that work with the rats at the restaurant, obviously some are human, some are puppet rats. Do they differentiate between puppet rats and real rats? Well, you know, I don't think that they do. I think that the puppet rats are the because we never see real rats in the movie. And they uh-huh. shot this movie and they, you know, certainly Muppets take Manhattan. They shot that in Manhattan in the 80s. There were rats, believe me. Um, then if that's the case, there's the character that's that always fucks things up. What yeah. the fuck is Scooter? Well, Scooter's a gopher. Is he? Well, well, not like, well, and this is the same joke that they do. So suddenly we've just eased into a Muppets podcast without anyone even <laughs> okay knowing it. it. Okay, okay. It, it Scooter was the wrong one. on the Muppet show. He just explains what that about, he's a gopher. He's basically a production assistant. Uh, Waldorf or uh, uh, the, the Swedish chef. They're, they're, they're not no, human. They're, no, they're human. Well, I mean, well, they're human. They're Muppet. They're Muppet humans. The, the, the Muppets never really mentioned that. I was like, oh, we're a bunch of bears and dogs and, and frogs. But they never mentioned the ones who are humans. It's kind of human erasure on it. Human Muppet erasure. But if, if humans can be puppets and rats are puppets, that would mean that there would be real rats in that world. And so how do they differentiate between the puppet rat and the real rat? Maybe. It's just questions I have. Different show. We'll go into add another podcast. The, the, I think the puppet rats sing and dance. That would be my that would be my first <laughs> guess. But you're right. We have cracked open a um we have cracked open a dilemma. You know, I always wonder how our podcasts get to be so damn long. Anyway, they're doing se- a salute second, to home safety. Second four of the cold open of this episode. <laughs> they're doing a salute to home safety. Uh, Tim hands uh, Heidi the smoldering remains of a power cord and says to call the uh, insurance adjuster. He's on uh, speed dial number two. Heidi, um, I-, I want more Heidi. Yeah, but at least they give her a, a line here beyond uh, does everybody know what time it is? <laughs> so he goes, uh, the insurance adjuster, speed dial number two. And she goes, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, she's carrying away the, and then like their sign for home safety week is completely charred and smoldering as well. And she's carrying that off. (laughs) Uh, It's time for the mailbag where Tim and Al walk over to the M-A-L-E bag, pull out a letter. Um, I loved that they were doing a sleepless in Seattle sort of gag where they're like perplexed in Petoskey. And uh, he pulls out a letter. Al starts reading, um, this guy has a oak dowel problem. And hey, don't we all? <laughs> Tim suggests uh, you put it in the microwave to shrink it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and L and I, I wonder if there was a little behind the scenes action happening on the home improvement set. The way that like John Mulaney would write jokes for Bill Hader playing Stefan on Weekend Update that Bill Hader didn't read until he was on air. <laughs> Uh, that's why he's always cracking up because Al just goes, uh, or you could just put a little cheddar on top of it and you'll have a nice ocaroni and cheese. (laughs) And he laughs, but it's not just a snort laugh. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And it seems like Richard Karn was actually cracking up at seeing that joke for the first time. (laughs) 
that they you know that they just they had the cue card up for him or something and it's like okay (laughs) you don't know what's going to be on here you just have to read it with a straight face or or he just they put a bunch of different jokes on pieces of paper in the mailbag and he didn't know which one he was going to pull up until he read it on screen oh my god that's that's good that would that would actually be (laughs) god they should put mailbag segments into more scripted shows so we can get nice little moments like this because (laughs) al laughing is is the joke like okaroni and cheese is not funny on its merits but but i laughed at it oh yeah i I laughed at it i had a i had a double double over laugh here where i laughed at the joke (laughs) and then i laughed at how long he was laughing at it yes and and better yet tim's reaction to this isn't to like threaten to fire him or insult him it's he just kind of rolls his eyes and they go to the next one and you know what listen i've been watching and i have in the past uh a lot of golden girls in my life this is the funnier way to handle a moment like this where I feel like on this show in the past Tim would have you know hissed at him or made a joke about his paycheck or you know something about his you know looks like you've been eating a little too much ocaroni and cheese yeah you know something like that but B Arthur has like a passionate uh reaction where it's like if Rose makes a dumb joke and they just need to hold on the audience laughter for a second. They can cut to B. Arthur's just stone face. Like, how am I going to deal with that comment? Should I even deal with it? And it prolongs the laugh a little bit longer because mm-hmm. she she knows how to just go. I don't think I'm going to deal with this. <laughs> just it's easier to let that one slide. I just don't want to. She and she, then move on with the scene. B. Arthur just closing her eyes for a second and opening them again. Has, yes, you know it. It. It enhances the comedy value and it transitions you perfectly into a dissolve of the outside of the girl's house. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but Tim had a B. Arthur moment there, and I thought yes. that it played much better than it usually does. Yes, yes. So I think the the lesson for home improvement uh, is just have Tim Allen be more like B. Arthur. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone should be more like B. Arthur in all regards. Well, I mean, alive, but other than that. Um, they pull out the next letter, Flummoxed and Fenwick. Tim yes. goes into the Earmuff Museum. Not real. I looked that up. The, uh, this, this episode <laughs> really gets a lot of bang for buck in terms of uh, Michigan geography. Like, there's a lot oh, of shout sir. outs to We're Michigan. We're not even... Oh, there, I, there's, I know. It's hidden... hidden between the hiddenness yes hidden between the hidden between the bread on this polish sandwich uh <laughs> are some secrets and, and surprises okay so yes yes uh, flummox and, and fenwick the letter talks about uh a person uh wanting a car says that having a car would be a great responsibility um uh, basically well do you want to go into this one uh basically that uh i mean he, he just says hey you know if my parents bought me my own car it would be a great educational experience i could learn a lot they're you know cars are expensive yeah, and, and so anyway you're, you're making this whole case for i want my parents to buy me a car and yeah. tim reads the letter he gets up he starts talking to the camera and says well cars are expensive especially for a teenager and so you know i guess in that case i'd have to say and then we smash cut to brad sitting at home watching tool time going <laughs> yes and then we get a shot of the TV, Tim walking up to the TV and going, Brad, if you want a car, you better get a job. <laughs> oh, man. Nah. We get uh, his picture taken, and it turns into a license. Yes. Uh, which takes us into the theme song. The license transition. Did you look at that? No, I didn't look super close at it. I was too busy oh, I told you to the awesome joke. It was hiddenness between the hiddenness here, sir. Yeah. The license of Brad gives us some interesting information. 
And, and now, what is this in- interesting information? That he lives for in Michigan? Six seasons. Yes, he lives in Michigan. But he does not live in Hamtramck. What? I've been they saying live. I've been saying the word Hamtramck for for years without needing to. Oddly enough, they say Hamtramck in this episode. They do. Uh but they live, they give us the full address. 510 yeah. Glenview Road in Royal Oak, Michigan. Royal Not far Oak. from Hamtramck. And I looked it up. There's no Glenview Road. I think it's Glenview Avenue. And there's no 510. I think it starts at the 1500 block. But the neighborhood looks very much like where you would find the home improvement house. Wow. Wow. So, uh, but- New information that we, we need to fold into the canon of the show. And and fire uh, off over the city. <laughs> you've so you've been telling me this whole time, like you 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 led me to believe, sir, from the start that this show was set in Hamtramck. But it turns out that all along that was a Shamtramck. It was <laughs> you were basically running a big I, Scamtramck I, on me. Uh, eagle-eyed listeners or eagle-eared I listeners. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll, maybe your eyes are good too, but you've got tiny beady <laughs> eyes. We'll go back and uh, I think to our very early seasons and uh, confirm that I never said for sure it was Hamtramck, that I've always thought it was, but couldn't confirm it. This is the first confirmation we've had in six seasons of where they actually live. This is a real flim-flam Tramic job that you're doing here, Landon. You're saying it one also thing says, and saying another. Brad is 5'8". Um, I don't know about that, because he seems taller. <laughs> and he was born True. in 1981. Um, there's also, uh, I couldn't read it, there was a glare on the license, um, but usually where it says eye color, uh, I couldn't read what the label was, so it might not have said eye color, but it was labeled as none. <laughs> he has no eye color? His <laughs> eyes are just milky white? He is Storm from the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me my own car or else I'll uh, summon a thunderstorm to strike the Statue of Liberty. Uh, wow. Uh, so, okay, so much going, that I learned. So much new information. We go into the theme song. I have okay. a note from last week that I didn't go into, but I don't think I'm going to go into it this week either. I, I want to say just one thing. To that cold okay. open, in season one, when I repeatedly would say, oh, they're not using the TV show enough, they're not using the TV show yeah. enough, this is exactly what I, the kind of shit, yes, use your TV show host dad character for cool, fun bits like this. That's all. <laughs> I thought it was great. Go on. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to save, because we're going to get to be a long episode, I can feel it, so I'm going to yes. save my theme song note for next week, uh, yet again. Keep, keep uh, listening, <laughs> listeners. This is how we keep listeners. Oh yeah, this, this is how. <laughs> We go to, from the theme song to the living room, Brad is practicing interviewing uh, in front yes. of Randy for his uh, interview at the Wiener Barn. Yes. He says, uh, we, we started this close-up of, of Brad and a tie saying, you know, oh, if you hire me, you won't regret it. And we're a really good employee, whatever. And then we cut to a wide shot where it's Randy flopped on the couch going, sorry, kid, you're not what we're looking for. Which is just <laughs> fun right off the right off the top. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Tim comes home and Brad says that uh, um, he you know is interviewing for a job. And uh, I can't remember the exact exchange, but essentially Brad at one point just goes, well, it's just a job at the uh, it's just a job at the Wiener Barn. Mm-hmm. And Tim kind of gets in his face and goes, you know, there's no such thing as just a job. Uh, here's, and then he goes like, here's a tip, compliment them on their sauerkraut. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, and 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 uh, he says, uh, Brad says, well, like, wouldn't they wouldn't they see through me sucking up? And he says, the guy manages a wiener barn. How sharp can he be? <laughs> so Tim is simultaneously saying, you know, you need to take work seriously. Work is important, and also the guy who you will be reporting to is a doofus who you should lie to. <laughs> I but you know what? I think there's something to that oh, about. Yeah. Uh, you know, not every job is serious, but every job should be taken seriously. Okay, I guess, you know, I, you know, you're right. That is a good point. I get, what, yeah, what Tim's advocating here isn't anything actively bad. It's just something that yeah. I, as a lazy person who doesn't like capitalism, instinctively bristle at. But he, <laughs> he's 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 right. Like you should you should do your job well, and you should take it seriously. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, listen, I'm not part of and parcel of the you know Karen culture, but like. I do get a little bristly when it seems like the um, barista or whoever doesn't want to be there. I'm sure they're having a shitty day. I'm sure they're not getting paid enough. I'm sure that they're being berated by people, you know, that are awful human beings. Um, but, you know, I, I've encountered enough at this point to go, well, you know, not every moment can be like that. Yes. And you are taking this job. Yeah. And also, and you have worked in, you know, the service industry. You worked in retail. Right. You worked at a Sam Goody at a mall, which, you know, not only is a relevant experience that kind of has given you the knowledge of like, yes, you still have to be halfway decent to people when you work there. But it also gives you kind of a transition into our next scene at the mall. <laughs> Where we get a coat transition to a sports store. Uh, that's, uh, transitions to a bunch of coats on a rack and Brad walks up to the clerk who is a goth. Um, I had a point of order here that gets clarified later, so I'm not going to, which is (laughs) the question immediately until we learn who she is and how she got the job was, why is a goth girl working at a (laughs) sporting goods store? store? (laughs) Yeah. Um, She's a real fish out of water. She, Brad goes up and, uh, says, uh, well, can you help me? And she goes, can anyone really help anyone? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're all alone, and then we die. It's time for my break. (laughs) Uh, Then the owner comes over and says that uh, he's taken one 10-minute break in his whole life, and as soon as he was out of the body cast, he was right back on the job. And (laughs) Brad kind of commiserates and says, my dad's the same way. (laughs) I I have to say, I just love that that's Rob's opening line. Rob, the supposed ladies' man, just opens opens with, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't take breaks. (laughs) Vacation time? (laughs) Never used it. Weekends? (laughs) Hate them. Uh, so Rob, the guy that he's talking to now is the owner of the store, uh, which we'll get into a minute, but we're going to go into a double character actor corner here since we have two character actors that have just been introduced in a short period of time that are both related, uh, in chronological order. Holly, the goth girl, uh, is played by Caroline Keenan. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. (sighs) She has 18 credits. I don't recognize Uh, her on, I don't know why you would uh on tv she had appeared on step by step friends and spin city mm-hmm. in movies she was in nothing to lose the replacements with uh keanu reeves mm. and i am sam among oh. a few others oh boy oh a specific time and place <laughs> and hollywood uh she was also on a couple other shows i don't want to tell you what they are because you have to guess was she on ER? Was she on NYPD Blue? Uh, asking for your clues. She was not on NYPD Blue. Cheers. She was not on Cheers. Frasier. 
She was not on Frasier. Again, always useless information that has never helped once. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say she was not on ER. Uh, you are right, sir. Oh. She was not on ER. I mean, I, I fucked the title anyway, but still. Okay, okay, that's good. Good to know that that, that muscle's still working. Caroline I liked her performance. Keenan. I liked yeah, Caroline I did Keenan's performance. I thought she was very funny. I thought her, I, every line was great. She delivered them really well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I... It's a very you know, like just dust this off your shoulder criticism uh, of like mixing and matching goth with kind of existentialist uh, kind of post hippie yeah. uh, drug culture. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I knew a lot of goths growing up. They weren't that. I, I, I know many goths, <laughs> sir. You're no friend of theirs. Um, oops. I just lost my spot. Oh, in no. my notes. I got oh, no. it. Okay. It's um, search for control F goth. <laughs> Character actor corner number two, uh, Mitch Rouse, Rouse playing Rob. Rouse Man, as Rob. This guy is a surprise. He yeah. has 45 acting credits. Okay. Uh, he Game has appeared on TV in uh, such series as Spin City, different episode than uh, Caroline appeared on. Mm. Um the short-lived Norm McDonald show, Norm, Norm, <laughs> Norm, uh, <laughs> appeared in a number of Reno 911 episodes. Uh, it's a show I love. Yeah. Uh, appeared in court, uh, according to Jim, in the movies, uh, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, the Dane Cook <laughs> movie, <laughs> Employee of the Month, ah, and yes, yes. the remake of uh, Elaine May's Heartbreak Kid starring Ben Stiller. Also, a very specific uh, time and place, a different specific yes. time and place than evoked by uh, Caroline's movies. But okay, very interesting, very interesting. Uh, I have some more trivia about him, but I want you to answer whether or not he was on ER before I go into it. Was he on NYPD Blue? He was not on NYPD Blue. Was he on Frasier? He was not on Frasier. Cheers. No. Okay, still never, never been helpful. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just criticizing myself for asking every time. I don't feel criticized. So wait, good. Uh, I'm going to say that he was, he was on ER. He, out of his 45 acting credits, he did never appear on ER. Ah, shouldn't have. Hmm. I'm sorry. The Chulupas were already off the yeah, table, yeah, even though you know, they have that that quesadilla crunch wrap shell again. Okay, well now don't now don't don't get them excited <laughs> for a thing that that very well may never happen. Now that's just cruel and sadistic, Landon. Uh, I can mention he's also a writer and a director. Oh, he wrote the movie uh, without a paddle. <laughs> Seth Green what? Shepherd. Okay. Movie. Here's. Now, you had me hold my butt earlier. Okay. Uh, I I don't care what you do with your wig, but at least hold your butt. Uh, okay, Landon. I, I can confirm for you and everyone at home that I am fully committing to this bit and holding my butt. <laughs> my window is open. My neighbors can see me. He acted on this show that he also created. Uh, it's a little show by the name of Strangers with Candy. What? <laughs> The Amy Sedaris show. He created it. What? The, that's amazing. Like, Stephen Colbert was on that, right? He was the principal. Yeah. Yes, he was. Oh, my God. He created Strangers with Candy. He um, created Strangers with Candy, yes. And, um, okay, also, a show about a woman who dropped out of high school. Oh, 
So then he and then has to go back. This is a this is a character who plays someone who I guess completed high school but didn't go to college. He's just Holy trying. Fuck! I'm just noticing something else too. What? Okay, I said he was in the Dane Cook movie Employee of the Month. Yes, he's not. While you know, side note, you just he's had in some a movie called Employee of the Month, and this is the episode that we're talking about. He was in this other movie called Employee of the Month that came out in 2004. Never found distribution, as far as I know. But it was one of the few movies I saw when I was at uh, the one time I went to Sundance. It stars Matt Dillon, Steve Zahn, and Christina Applegate. I saw this guy give a Q&A after this movie was over. What? Oh, my God. We are really close to this character actor corner. We Like, like <laughs> this character actor corner is that in is your house. My, yeah. That, it's, yeah. He, it, <laughs> the corner is calling from in the house. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Jesus Christ, that was, that was a character actor corner that I didn't even see coming. <laughs> that is, um, that is a very, very in-depth corner. I mean, look, this, I'm glad this guy, like, it seems like he was able to, to, you know, like, even though Strangers with Candy wasn't necessarily a huge success, it was like, you, he made his vision with that. Like, the yeah. thing that he wanted to make got made, and that's a cult classic. I mean, I much respect. I wonder if he he was in Second City with Amy Sedaris, where she created that character. Wow, that'd be interesting to learn. Maybe so. Hmm. Maybe so. I mean, anyway, this, this character who he plays here is yeah. Rob. Rob. I'm just gonna say it now, and we can chart this through the rest of the episode. Rob, the whole time, kind of felt to me like they were doing a backdoor pilot for a show about Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but even still, I think <laughs> Senator Jason is a better Rob than Rob is. Uh, agreed, agreed. They are two sides of the, the same coin. You can be the good Rob or the bad Rob. <laughs> inside inside all of us, there are two Robs that are constantly battling. Um, oh, God. You either, die, back to... you either die a Rob or you live long enough to see yourself become the Senator Jason. That's, <laughs> well, that's it. Let's Those... talk more about Rob because okay. uh, we get back into this episode. Brad is talking to Rob right now, mm-hmm. and he is uh, just wasting a little bit of time before his interview at the Wiener Barn. And um, he, he uh, is talking to, to Rob, and Rob says, oh, well, it seems like you know a thing or two about what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then Rob goes off to sell a mountain bike to a very beautiful woman. Uh, uh, yeah, which I guess another character at the corner. Um, I mean, I, she just, doesn't have says, a line. She, I just watched No, it. but she has 16 credits. I, I, we'll, we'll do a quick one. Uh, Linda Lee is the name of this person. Uh, she has uh, 16 credits, including... Baywatch Nights Ooh. and Star Trek Voyager um, Nights. was also in an episode of Buffy. Nights. Was she on ER, though? She was not on ER. She was not on ER, Boom. but she was on EdTV. Oh, wow. EdTV. What, you mean the movie EdTV? Ed, yep. Okay. You know, technically every episode of Mr. Ed was EdTV. Um <laughs> So, uh, and then then Brad winds up talking to Wilson, who has shown up at the store. He's looking... Will, which was very bizarre. Like, I'm like, of all the places Wilson would go to, like, he has 
uh, Doomsday Prepper magazine or whatever the name of it was called, going to a mall to shop at a sporting goods store seems like the last thing Wilson would do. It does not seem like Wilson's environment. I will give you that. But uh, he's looking for a new hobby, and he has come here. He's on a quest for a new hobby. Oh, a quest for it. Yes. No. Wilson... Everything with Wilson spiritual. Yes. Everything. Everything that uh, Benny cannot walk, he can only sidle. Wilson cannot look, he can only quest. Exactly. The, the, yes. The, the, these characters have very specific verbs. Um, <laughs> so he's fascinated. You know, so he's looking for a new hobby. Uh, questing for a new hobby, either yeah. channeling Aztec spirits or rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> and he and d- worth saying that in that moment he discovers rollerblading it wasn't like yes. he entered the store thinking about roller rollerblading he's just looking at things and as he's speaking he sees a rollerblade in the foreground which is conveniently blocking his face and he's just like rollerblading and he's like immediately smitten with the idea of rollerblading that also sounded to me for just just a second there like uh like a uh, hulk hogan saying rollerblading when you said it rollerblading <laughs> Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> Got a rollerblade to get a smoothie. Uh, Brad walks Wilson over to the rollerblades and starts talking about uh, the wheels, uh, hard wheels versus soft wheels and the bearings that are inside of them, revealing a Rain Man level-like uh, knowledge of rollerblading, which makes sense. Uh, yeah. I feel like you'd have to to learn the hard way uh, all those years playing Blade Warriors. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is this is a lived lived experience of the character. This is very authentic. <laughs> you have the hard wheels for the outside. You have the soft wheels for the inside. You have the bladed wheels for rolling over your opponent's neck after you've knocked them to the ground. Exactly. This is why we don't hear about Stinky anymore. He bled out on the, st- on the streets of Royal Oak. <laughs> you know, the thing is, Royal Oak used to be part of Ham Tramick. It was able to break away in an independence war that was fought in Blade Warriors. The, the children of the... Ta- like, honestly, it's kind of a dick move for them to not buy Brad a car because he was responsible for a lot of the major battles there. <laughs> uh, maybe Wilson is picking up on this because he all of a sudden isn't so sure and says, well, maybe the Aztecs are safer. And Brad goes, aren't they the ones who cut out the hearts of the living? And... <laughs> Folks, we get maybe the best gifable moment that this series has ever provided us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wilson looks at Brad, considers having his heart ripped out by a, an Aztec, and then looks at the rollerblade <laughs> and gives a tangible two second whoop, whoop. <laughs> Tugging, tugging anxiously at his collar, sweat drop forming on his brow. Just a big manga drop of, next of, to his head. Is there any other kind? His his <laughs> nose disappearing underneath just a shading of red to signify embarrassment. Oh, my God. Uh, Brad says, but, you know, if you want them, they're on sale at another store. And Wilson thanks him and, uh, you know, says, good luck on your... Uh, interview at the Wiener Hut. Wiener Barn, sorry. Yeah, God, uh, come on. The, the Wiener Hut <laughs> is a completely different business. And uh, he goes, he, right before he tur- walks away, he turns back to Brad and goes, be sure to count, uh, compliment them on their sauerkraut, which, okay, callback joke from Tim. Uh, to me, it was like a little too soon after the last joke to be funny, but Wilson, uh, Earl Hinman, gives this like little eye flare when he gives the line that was so amazingly funny to me uh he's like i know this line's bad but 
I'm going to say it because I don't get many jokes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, you choose to see it that way. I choose to see it as Earl Hinman doing really good work and being into his character. And look, think of all the people you know who make their own sauerkraut. How much are they like Wilson? 110%? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) This is a man who... Who has who has made the sauerkraut since he was a child and has lately graduated to kimchi? Wow. Like I'm sure he just has passion for the subject, and also okay. that in addition to the fact that he prob- Tim probably recommended it to Brad because in like a prequel moment to this episode, Tim was talking about Brad's upcoming job interview with Wilson, and Wilson gave <laughs> him the advice. Wow. Okay, you know, I had complained earlier that I want my jokes to come from character and story, and you just sold me on the backstory that I didn't know existed, and I buy it hook, line, and sinker. I, there, Look, I'm telling you, some of those season 11 Frasier episodes cannot hold a fucking <laughs> candle to the level of writing going on in this Home Improvement episode. It is a good day on grunt work. So Rob uh, sees that Brad had just sent Wilson off and uh, he comes over and tells Brad that he's a dick for sending him away. Uh, You know, I mean, I mean, Brad doesn't know this guy anything yet. I mean, come on. Uh, Well, I know that. You know that. But, you know, uh, I'm not just calling it like it is. He goes, man, you're a fucking asshole for sending customers away from the store. I'm trying to make money here. What are you doing to me, dude? Yes. Yeah. He, you know, spoken like a man who who just missed out on a rollerblade sale. He's got the radical lingo. But uh, he, you know, he says, well, you're an expert at rollerblades. How about, you know, I give you a job. Well, know what I do to people who send business out of my store, cut out their hearts, offer them a job. So basically... (laughs) He wants Brad to come on and apply his salesmanship skills, but keep the customers in the store. Yeah. And he- uh, and I, there are three things that happen, or two things that happen back to back here that I, I have poos for. <laughs> you know, it's a mastery of branding, Landon. I, I really like I really like this new system you've got for your points of order. Brad says, uh, so after he offers him a job, Brad says, well, it sounds better than steaming wieners. <laughs> and... I thought someone wrote that and then went back and erased or or whited out the script pages and then they printed them out on magenta sheets uh, just to show that there had been a script change from Wednesday to Thursday because it originally had said, you know, um, Pizza Palace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they realized steaming wieners is a funny phrase. We're going to make him (laughs) apply to the wiener hut, not to Pizza Palace. (laughs) They, you, you think that they, they didn't plan ahead. They didn't, like, have a whiteboard up and, like, a list no. of, okay, what are the funniest food court foods? Uh, no, I think someone didn't have enough time to make a proper dinner, and they were boiling hot dogs, and they saw, they were just staring at it in a moment of, you know, writer's fugue, and they saw the steam coming off of it, and they saw the, the hot dog in the, the pot, and they're like, steam, wiener, steam and wiener. That, that's, that's a line. <laughs> <laughs> this is this would be like a you know climactic moment uh, from the Mad Men style prestige drama about the writers of Home Improvement in the exactly. '90s. Like they've been trying to crack this episode for two weeks, they can't do it, and the Carmen Finiestra Don Draper type is at home making hot dogs, and he finally just it clicks, and he and the. <laughs> drops his coffee cup and and the camera zooms in on the shattered bottom of the coffee cup and the brand of the coffee cup is wiener steamer um <laughs> so that that's 100 percent what happened with that line yes uh the other this is the other poo which was uh <laughs> rob says um i'm gonna offer you a job 
why don't uh, why don't we grab a cup of coffee and uh, you know you'll work for me part time and we'll talk salary. Yes. Uh, I don't know how many part time jobs you've worked. <laughs> uh, I, a few a few of them. It was never presented as like, hey child, let's uh, let's go somewhere and like I'm just gonna walk away from the store that I own. Yep. I'm gonna spend and a offer lot you of time a salary. On you. Yeah, and give you an opportunity to negotiate. I'm not going to just tell you what you make. This is your first job. Uh, So I'm going to sit you down. We're going to talk about your onboarding package. It comes with a 401k, has stock options. (laughs) All right, now we even offer dental. We're going to start you off with seven weeks paid vacation a year. (laughs) And then over the course of your first two years at the company, you can gradually work that up to 180 days of paid vacation. That's six months. Like. It, yeah. Oh man. It's it's it, like this is this this starts to clue into my kind of broader point. I said that this episode is very nostalgic. I didn't work yeah. in retail. I worked food service. But when I say this episode oh. is nostalgic, I think it it when I it is it is not my nostalgia, but I think it is basically this episode represents what a certain cohort of wealthy older white men think the United States economy is. They think it's just like, <laughs> well, yes, I mean, Rob, uh, you know, he didn't go to college, but he worked really hard at a couple of crappy jobs oh, they, for like two I or three years. I want to put a point in, I want to put a pin in that because when it comes up, which is only in a scene and a half, I have so many comments to go into about uh, that. Okay, okay, I will do, okay, but I then, then we'll put a pin in it, but I will just say it's this, very much this vision of like the, well, the young man has shown knowledge of the subject and a certain sort of uh, grab the bull by the horns tenacity. So the benevolent working uh, uh, manager will take him and sit him down for a cup of joe to talk about how to yeah. compensate him fairly in the open marketplace. It's it's very tycoon vision of, of what getting a job is like. Yes, it 100% is. This is the boss swap episode for sure. Why, um, why, why can't Labor be friends with uh, with the money man? Uh, see, we're all on the same side. A customer turns into a transition, swipes the scene, takes us home. Brad is making coffee and offers some to uh, Randy and Mark, who are in the kitchen. Yes, he in in the lead into this is like, let's discuss it over coffee. Are you a coffee lover? And he says, yes, right. and I one day hope to be a coffee drinker cut to him <laughs> good that was also a good line yeah yeah and it's and it's yeah. also just a great uh, like it, they set up the joke in one scene and they finish it in yeah. the other it's a great like comedy bridge into the future um so that's my campaign brad is speech. making <laughs> brad is making a pot of coffee he offers it to randy and mark and he pours himself a mug and then sets the coffee pot down on the counter not something well clearly he's unaccustomed to coffee because you don't want to do that you have to put it back in especially the thing. with like a lycra counter i mean you're talking about scolding hot coffee mm. on you know it, it might be different if it was granite <laughs> but with uh with the type of countertop they have uh that could leave a mark Mm-mm. yeah well i mean the, again these are these are things that he has to learn because clearly yep. he has never even really had coffee before he starts spooning 15 different spoonfuls of sugar into his coffee. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And ha- having uh, poor, offered... Poor, poor, Def Leppard joke. <laughs> and having having uh, said, you know, having offered coffee to the other two boys, Randy says, we don't drink coffee. We're kids. And he says, as of today, I'm a working man. <laughs> uh, and in a few days, he's going to have the working man blues. Uh, that's and the name of the Tim- show. <laughs> 
Tim comes down uh, at this moment and takes a sip of Brad's coffee and does a blanch. No, not a, not a Golden Girls reference. I mean, his face literally goes. He yeah he he, but he does he does a reaction that is played for laughs, which is B. Mm-hmm. Arthur. So he blanches. So B. Arthur is blanching. Blanche does not blanch on Golden Girls. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, Blanche is. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a a catchy name for sleeping around with lots of dudes, but there's not one. Blanche, for Blanche, Blanche, Def Leppard joke. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Pour some Blanche so, on me. Uh, Brad is talking about racking up some big numbers at the store. Um, okay, point point number two. Yes, poo number three. I guess uh, uh, that, or four. The, I don't know. There's a lot of poos in this you, episode. You've been drinking some coffee. I guess you're a working man now. <laughs> <laughs> racking up some big numbers. Now I work sales, and uh, I I know that you know sales were big. You know, like you you were pitted against each other is like a comp you know supposedly friendly competition but there wasn't like yeah glengarry glenn ross a, that's exactly my sam, note here sam like, goody sam wasn't ross. like big numbers where it was glengarry glenn ross style like uh that's the way that brad's talking here like working at a sports store is going to earn him you know the brass balls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well it's gonna win him the cadillac eldorado or the steak knives i think the brass balls are just a, a visual device that alec baldwin brought with him that day oh i thought that was the actual thing that they won at the end <laughs> yeah i mean that would make that would make the stakes of the movie a lot weirder if it's like no nobody gets fired nobody gets anything nice you just get a couple of ball bearings on strings that alec baldwin oh. touched see now that i thought it was an entire work of absurdist surrealism that movie you're telling me that that was just a metaphor for the car now it makes it more of a realistic piece. Yes, the, no, the two spherical objects that Alec Baldwin held over his crotch is a metaphor for a car land, and that's exactly what it meant. So, this episode of Home Improvement, though. Okay, but no, but your your time at Sam Goody, though. The, the sales uh, were not that, you were, they weren't, like, pitting you against each other in a pressure cooker environment. I mean, we had, saying. like, an employee of the month, and, you know, we were, you know, kind we're, of uh, forced to, you know, push certain sales, like... Uh, we had what were called the replay cards. Uh, I, I feel totally fine saying this now that Sam Goody is out of business and there's no way they, you know, can. I d- yeah, I don't think they're going to sue at you. I don't think the ghost yeah. of the corporation is going to come at you. <laughs> but we had these things called replay cards, which were the biggest scam on the face of the planet, and they asked, you know, they tried to. That's how they measured our success, not by our sales, because it's like, how can you? tell who's you know help you know selling this john denver cd uh what they measured was how many replay cards did you sell Mm -hmm. uh this month so so that was so your ability to basically scam people with this completely uh bullshit product that was that was that determined how good you were at your job so employee of the month completely was a measurement of scam artistry so then i guess you were uh i guess you were employee of the month every month right you're a regular dwight schrute (laughs) Uh, I have comments about that next time we see Holly. Um, so, Wait, you were uh, a goth? Ooh. I had a period. Um, Tim wishes uh, Brad good luck as he's on his way out the door. Uh, it says, good luck, kid. And Brad repeats himself, I'm a working man now. So long, boys. And this brings the second periphery of the screen performance moment that made me just f- so filled with joy, uh, just like Wilson's little eye flare with his line. Randy's look 
who he's not even the focus of the screen. He's just he's so on the edge of the screen and he's just reacting to Mark. Yeah. He has this look on his face. I don't know if you caught him while you were watching. No, I I mean, normally I'm watching JTT very closely, but in this case, I was drawn away. So (laughs) Brad and and Tim are kind of talking to each other. Brad says, so long, boys. And Randy, you know, was looking at Brad toward the back of the the, uh, set and he kind of like does this long turn back toward Mark, which is facing camera, with this sassy like he did not just say that. To oh me. no, he didn't. <laughs> and it was the funniest look I've seen JTT <laughs> give on this show. It's it seems seems reminiscent of that gif of Britney Spears walking up the staircase, then stopping and very slowly looking over her shoulder back to the camera. <laughs> yeah, but it. it it, remi- it made me think, like, oh, he maybe didn't think he was on screen. <laughs> like, they thought he he was cut out of the shot and was just reacting as, like, one, someone, one, the way that one does when they're in, like, rehearsal. Where it's just like, oh, this is just, you know, I'm not the focus of this moment or this scene. I'm just going to do what I can to, you know, get through the motions M- maybe make it entertaining for myself. Maybe much like Richard Karn not knowing the joke that he was going to read in the mailbag. <laughs> they were trying a bunch of different, like, they, the writers had a bunch of different alternate lines for, for this scene. And so this is the first time JTT was hearing this one. And that's him, like, looking to the assistant director and being like, that's the one. That one's really good. I like that a lot. <laughs> oh man that i think was, we got it guys was uh great anyway tim dumps the coffee and uh you know we get a little moment of business here before uh there's just a beat and then brad walks back in and goes dad can i get some money <laughs> some lunch money <laughs> pretty good pretty good stuff uh, and we get a coin transition which i have to imagine was lunch money yes lunch money transition to back to the store it, it's very much it's very much scrooge got like get me the biggest goose in london here's one <laughs> coin <laughs> <laughs> Take this Bitcoin. Uh, we cut to the store where um, a guy comes in, a customer, mm-hmm. and we're going to go into another quick character actor corner. I know that this is not a main character, but he has 72 acting credits, Whoa. so we're going to do this. Okay. Um, yeah, no small parts, only small actors. How tall is this actor? Uh, how tall is this actor? Uh, Come on, Landon, I thought you were the expert. Doesn't wow. say. Wow. The world Personal may never de- know. Personal details. I have his alternate names. Ooh. Uh, his his credited name is J.P. Bumstead. That's uh, a name. He, That's... He's also also known as J.P. Bumpstead, which I'm sure was just a mispron- uh, misspelling. Uh, J.P. Bumsteed and uh, J.D. Bumsteed. This is like some some variation on the Berenstain Bears. Um, also, <laughs> his I'll, first I'll, movie for those of you at home in uh, a certain film, there is uh, a Bumstead report that Sidney J. Musburger is waiting for when Norval Barnes comes to him with the idea <laughs> for the hula hoop. Anyway, uh, was he in the Hudsucker Proxy? I don't see it. Uh, don't see it on here. <laughs> but his first Good. movie ever, his first credit is 1978's The Fury. Uh, directed by Brian De Palma about Ooh. a bunch of uh, telepathic teenagers who blow up people's heads. Uh, call back to earlier in yeah. the episode. Yeah, you were you're like, <laughs> wait, was that was that in there ahead of time, or did this did we just Mandala affect our way into this? I'll never tell. Mm, ah. um, <laughs> <laughs> you, what are you the the Mr. Hanky now? <laughs> so, I don't know what's happening anymore. Seventy two credits, including T.J. Hooker, Dallas, The Fury, as I mentioned. Uh, he was in MacGyver, The Best of Times, Ooh. Moonlighting, Ruthless Ooh. People, Starman, the TV series. 
Um, Diagnosis Murder, Mad City. Uh, most recently, well, he was in The Changeling, uh, the Angelina Jolie movie from 2008, mm-hmm. and then a couple short films. Was he in, uh, amongst many other things, so was he in ER? Was he on NYPD Blue? He was not on NYPD Blue. He was not on ER. He was not on ER. You are correct, sir. All right, all right. J.P. Bumstead was not on ER. Get out of here, you Bumstead. I don't ever want to see your face again. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't care that much, actually. Uh, Back to the scene. Uh, J.P. Bumstead comes in and asks Holly, who's the only person in the store at the moment, uh, for some new golf clubs. He's just looking for some new golf clubs. And she says, golf? There's a total waste of time. What, do you wear the silly clothes, too? That that accurately, um, I Landon. I know that you like playing golf, so I'm not I gonna. Do. I'm not gonna say. I just whenever whenever somebody whenever somebody talks about golfing to me, I always have to like bite my tongue to stop from having that reaction. I, which For what I, it's worth, I've never once worn ridiculous clothes while playing golf. You've never worn the hat or the. I've or never the, worn like, the hat. I've never worn the shoes with the little balls on the tips of the toes. Okay, my, or is it or is it the hat with the type? I might no, be mixing that up with like Middle Eastern jesters. Uh, there, no, the, I think the hat has the poof ball on top of it. And again, yeah, you're right. Everything I know about golf comes from the movie Caddyshack. So, <laughs> you know, this I have a, a certain number of impressions. I assume that you are, you know, that you're also, uh, uh, you know, throwing up through the open uh, the open moonroof of somebody's car, and the dude sits in it. Yep. Exactly. You have a boat named uh, No, seafood. I've never done it. In fact, I have a, a thing about it. So she, you know, Holly criticizes the dude and walks off, and then Brad comes over and says, oh, I'm so sorry about that, and takes the guy over to the clubs and tells him, uh, okay, so we have graphite, but if you're looking for something a little less expensive, try steel. Uh, and this is a golfer point of order. No golfer enters a store without knowing exactly what the fuck he's looking for. And the only thing he's looking for that he doesn't see on the f- sales floor is magic. Because every golfer is looking for magic that doesn't exist to make his game better. <laughs> so but he he knows because he's already looked through all the blogs. He's read every single magazine. He's watched all the trainer videos. He has Golf Channel on 100% of the day. He knows everything there is to know about golf. There's not a golfer that walks into a store that goes, I don't know the difference between graphite and steel. Really? So he's just so he's there more than anything because he's depressed at the fact that he will never be a better golfer. And he just wants yes. to engage in the ritual of trying to improve. Truman. You're getting the core of the game of golf. This is what golf is. It's just a way for men to have big feelings about something. Yes, exactly. Interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. My feelings are big. I could get into this. Uh, so he, he leaves them in, you know, with a very gentle, uh, if you have any questions, uh, I'll be around, so just let me know. And then, uh, um, is it... Rob that sidles up here. I don't, someone's. Uh, Rob, I just, Rob doesn't sidle. Rob strides up because he's a good Rob. and virtuous man. <laughs> You're right. But my note here, I have a quote, but I can't tell who it's attributed to. It just goes, "Nice work, Brad." Yeah, that's. Wait, no. Or was that? Man, I'm I'm lost in my I'm lost in my notes here. I'm trying to find it. Uh, I think it was Rob. Um, yeah, it was because then he goes on to say, uh, "You've made more sales in one day than Holly's made in a." Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that, that's that. Rob. Yeah, and then we cut to Holly, and she's just slumped over on <laughs> the, the counter. 
Mm-hmm. And my note here was, God, I relate to Ma- Holly so hard. You were so you were more more on the Holly side of the equation than the Brad 100%. side of the equation. One hundred percent. In were, fact, I aspire to what Holly is achieving in this episode. Just existential, giving people existential quandaries when they ask you for help and sleeping on the job. There, there's one instance. Well, there's probably many instances, but. One thing in particular that a coworker had said to me at one point uh, while working at Sam Goody together that I wish I could have seen myself in somebody else's eyes was I had given up on the job so long ago. I hated it. It was soul crushing. I hated the the replay card bullshit where you had to sell. It was 10. You had to sell someone $10 to keep coming into the store to buy $20 CDs <laughs> so that they could earn like a 10% coupon. And it was just like. Everything about it made me sick to my stomach. I hated the thing. I had some personal reasons for hating the job. Mm-hmm. And this guy told me <laughs> one time that he looked over. Like, like, they took me off of cash register at one point because they just didn't want me dealing with, like, being the last thing a customer saw on the way out of the store. <laughs> you, you would haunt people. The, the image of you <laughs> giving so few fucks. They were like, we, yes. can't, we can't let this guy run money. <laughs> We had this big uh, pillar sort of deal in the the center of the store <laughs> where we, you know, um, had those like planks on it that you can hang hooks and then put things on the hooks and yada, yada, yada. They, they hung you from the pillar as a warning to other sales associates. <laughs> well, so this is right. It was like the centerpiece of the store, but it was kind of toward the back. And what we had hanging on it at the time, if you want to talk about dating people at a very specific point in time, Britney Spears, Limp Biscuit, corn backpacks and hats and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he said that he looked back after, you know, dealing with a, a line of customers one day and saw me. And I had strategically, unbeknownst, like I didn't do this intentionally, or if I did, I don't have any memory of it. I had slid the product out enough to the point that there was just a perfectly land sized <laughs> cutout between the, the the product that I could lean against the wall <laughs> between. So you just like shifted the merchandise aside so that you could use it as yeah. a leading point. <laughs> I just created the perfect cubby in the size of myself so that I could lean against the wall instead of doing my job. It was it was your happy place. Sometimes you need to take a little a 30 second vacation in the middle of your day and that's where, that's where you go. <laughs> Some people have the Caymans, yeah. some people have Paris, you have the little uh, cozy nook between the Limp Bizkit uh, backpacks and the Britney Spears t-shirts. <laughs> exactly. And so I don't think it was any surprise when I finally put my resignation letter in and said, you know, I think uh, I think at the end of this week I'm done. And my manager saying, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for how aggressively ba- uh, Sam baddie that you were really <laughs> that they still didn't fire you that they just let you leave on your terms it's really they give you a lot of leeway to fail yeah well uh, I'm not going to go into the, the reason why but there's a reason why for that but um uh, just like there's a reason for Holly being shitty at her job it turns out that she is Rob's sister yes and she comes over at this point and says that she needs a two-hour lunch to go get her tongue pierced. Yes, yes. Uh, apparently, I would assume at Claire's, mm-hmm. uh, which was a store that was right across the street from Sam Goody, and I had to watch so many girls get their ears pierced. Ew, ew, ew. That's making all of me tingle in a bad way just hearing it. That is... 
what what a ver- what a specific type of torment. I don't know. It does seem like the w- weirdest thing to put at like the mouth of your store as like the, the thing that entices people to come in was like twelve year olds sitting on a stool in the front of the store getting their ears pierced. <laughs> Do you want to see a child getting poked? It was awful. Uh, so she she goes off to take a two hour lunch. Um, and, and yeah, and then from that, Brad comes home, and uh, you know we're back at back at the house. We get a bunch of studs thrown at the screen as yes. a transition to to back home. Tim and Jill are there to congratulate him on his first day of work. Yes, uh, he took home the highest first day gross of any salesman still living with his parents. Rob keeps very good records and very good statistics in this episode. Um, yeah, and already wants to give Brad a bunch more hours. And uh, Tim. And Jill both, you know, Jill says, well, it's okay as long as you keep up with your schoolwork. And Tim mm-hmm. says, yeah, you've got a big day coming up in two weeks. That's when we're putting the new engine in the hot rod. And Jill says, no, Brad's taking his PSATs. <laughs> They're very important. And yep. and Brad says, oh, well, I'm sure Rob's going to give me the day off. Yeah. And uh, then he goes, well, I'm going to go upstairs and study some product brochures. And Tim's like, wait a minute. I thought you were going to say uh, you're going to help me with the um, blocks and the hot rod tonight. Yeah. Not nope. a euphemism. Nope. Nope, he's gotta <laughs> he's gotta study up on uh, on his on his minimum wage uh, part time job. Uh, so this goes to your point earlier, and we're gonna start to get a little bit more into this, particularly in um, the well in the next part of the scene where the way th- this definitely does feel like you were describing how a cap- you know uh, a monocled capitalist looks at how these you know small enterprises are run. Yes. Yes, that that every two, two two words I want to reiterate from what we just said, product brochures. <laughs> say it in, say it in Hank Hill's voice. Product brochures. Product brochures. <laughs> I have to no, sorry, Peggy. I have to go read the new propane product brochures um, <laughs> for a part-time sports store. Yes, yes. That that Brad's first job is almost being presented. As as like as like his first great love, and it's just like you know it takes up all of his time. You know when a teenager first gets a job, all he wants to do, and it is always he, is get really good at the job and and exceed and and excel and be mentored by his awesome boss, yeah, and get all these cool perks. And it's like, I, I but don't know, also just, the the way that the the thing operates and the rewards that you they think you can get from it. So yes. let's go into this because this takes up the second part of what I really want to talk about. Tim says, well, Brad sure likes Rob. And Jill says, sure. What, what, you know, Rob is 25 years old. He has a ski condo, a sports car, lots of girlfriends. <laughs> he fucking owns a sporting goods store in a mall. The the jet, what? The jet set life of the suburban sporting goods store owner. <laughs> what, what, who, like the, the logic of that. It blows my mind to the point where I thought that a plot point later in this was going to be that he's not that successful and that he has just been, you know, handed all this stuff by a rich father. Like, yeah. that's I literally thought that what was coming down the pipeline. Yes. And, and look, and even that very well still may be 
what it could be and it would still i think i think that a lot of people in today's society and certainly then would treat it as like wow he's a real self-made man he inherited his dad's business and it hasn't burned down i I mean i i think that it is i totally agree with you it is wildly implausible on two different levels it's implausible that the dude who owns a sporting goods it's impossible that a 25 year old would own a sporting goods store in a mall because that's yes. a really like a successful sporting goods store in a mall because that is just like such an achievement and you're 25 years old and then it's also implausible that a guy who owns a successful sporting goods store in a mall is going to be like sam malone of of the detroit <laughs> suburbs just like always a new beautiful woman on his arm always always going and- off on sexy ski trips in his hot rod <laughs> To compare and contrast, like working at Sam Goody was clearly a corporate culture, and so you know I didn't work with the owner; I had a manager, and then the person, I, the person that ran the store was the regional manager, you know, and she, trust me, did Girl not boss. even, you know, I, I was probably driving a better car than she did just because my, you know, uh, you know, spoiled, and my parents bought me one. Yeah. So, so your life, your life, and Brad Taylor's life diverged at the point where your parents bought you a car, and his did. Yes. <laughs> but to compare and contrast it, like that's corporate culture, and now we're talking about someone who has his own money at stake for owning and operating a small business in a mall. Like that person is going to be far less well off than just a person in the corporate ladder. I, yes. Uh, so it's just no no part of that makes any sense whatsoever. And and that furthermore that he's 25 years old. So he's presumably within the first 2 years of opening this business, maybe 3 years. I mean, cuz he said he worked for a few crummy jobs right out of college. So yeah, we'll even, get to it as well. Even if he's in the first five years of owning this business, he, you're, you're not cutting yourself a salary five years into owning a pl- Like, you're maybe breaking <laughs> even at that point. You are not at the ski right. lodge, sports car, and whining and dining all the most beautiful upper Midwestern ladies. <sighs> yeah. I, uh, and I, I've, got, I've got numbers. I've got numbers to bring that up later <laughs> when we talk about his ski lodge. So... Yes. Uh, but let's just get through this. Yes. So um, anyway, uh, Tim's like, yeah, you're right. I guess I can see the appeal of Rob now. And he goes, well, are you in the mood for a little block sanding tonight? And she goes, she kind of puts on her bedroom eyes and says, maybe if you'll uh, spend some time talking to me first. <laughs> Tim just goes, hmm, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and, and walked off. Funny moment, but it made me realize we haven't seen like sex between the two of them or sex as a solution on this show in a long time. True. True. Uh, do you, do you miss it is what you're saying? You're like, God, I wish that just once they would finish an episode with them boning down. <laughs> well, I mean, I never, I, I didn't like it as a solution to a problem. I liked seeing it depicted and represented that, you know, parents can have a healthy sex life. So I, you know, I didn't, necessarily miss it but it, you know i noticed it was gone i yeah i'm sure tim has noticed too maybe it's because mark <laughs> wised up on what uh what somersault contests actually are uh what i what i like about this bit is that you know tim tim you know so tim walks off having publicly decided he would rather uh you know work on his car alone than converse with his wife at all i like that jill just laughs at this and it like i think that the secret to tim being able to make mean jokes about jill is that i see jill laughing at it and it's just oh okay they this is their relationship they poke fun at each other i think that's it there's a lot of times he makes the joke and jill kind of just fumes and it's like well 
don't feel as good. Well, I don't. I don't want to put the entire responsibility on Jill. I, there's a certain way of acknowledging that, like, oh, this is just, you know, yeah. I, I'm aware that this is the thing that is where you know marriages are at this time of you know uh, where they are in their marriage. It's just sure. like the magic goes away, and I'm going to make a joke about that because we're so secure in our marriage that you're not going to take offense to it. Yeah, like having having all of that built into it makes it funny as opposed to just using it as like I don't I don't I'm not interested in that part of our marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so anyway, we go from, uh, them talking about that to, uh, get a Sander transition to the store, the sports uh, store, uh, Bernie Sander transition. No, I'm better than that. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. Uh, we're at the store and Senator Jason is there, uh, with no fanfare whatsoever. We just get a surprise Jason attack. Jason sidled. Yeah, I... Now, Jason sidles is <laughs> different than Benny sidles for sure. Yeah. He, he. I don't know. Maybe I feel like Jason. J- well, the, see, you can sidle with different intentions. Yeah, Benny okay. sidles for des- out of desperation. Jason sidles out of love uh, of the game. You- <laughs> love of the game. Yes, exactly. Because he's he's born he's born to sidle. He's like the Joker. It's not about it's not about money. It's just about the con. <laughs> Senator Jason has- thinks we live in a society. <laughs> He has, he has laminated cards that he hands to people. It says, uh, "Sorry, I sidle." Yes. Um, Please. He return is this interested. Card. He's interested in Holly. Yes. Uh, and asks Brad, "Did you talk to her about me yet?" And Brad says, "Yeah." She said, "You're a repulsive maggot." And then and uh, cue Holly to walk by, and Jason says, "Hello, Holly." And she goes, "You're a disgusting worm." <laughs> And Jason just goes, all right, moving up the food chain. Love it. Love it. Great line. <laughs> Beautiful line. Beautiful show. Uh, <laughs> Jason then heads off. He's heading to the lingerie store in case anybody needs a second opinion. Yeah. I, that one made me my stomach kind of gross uh, just because uh, it put me in mind of like the, the awful mindset that I was as a teenager working right above the Victoria's Secret store. I'm sure. And realizing... How unfortunately true that line was. Yes, yes. These these things are rooted in in dark, unfortunate truths. Yeah. Um, so then Rob asks Brad to come have lunch with him to talk business. You know, again, you own your own store. You just close the store <laughs> my, down. My my exact note here was, who will run the store, you dope? Yes. Well, he I, he does say, I think he's leaving it in, uh, in uh, his sister's hands, leaving it with yeah. Holly, which is not a good idea. I mean, I tell her, these are products. For sale. <laughs> and um, so anyway, t- uh, Brad already has plans with Tim, who's just coming to have lunch with him. But then yep. uh, uh, Brad cancels on Tim, so he and Rob can have lunch together instead. And and he says that Rob is... Uh, so, okay, just a timeline here. Rob springs it on Brad. Hey, do you want to go to lunch? Brad says, oh, I have ca- plans, but I can cancel. Tim appears in the same moment, in the same breath, and then Brad walks over and says, I got to cancel. Rob is taking me to the pirate's plank. Yes. Which, how did he know that in the two seconds that since Rob told, asked him to go to lunch? 
I think that when you work for someone that long or when you are that in sync with your manager, you just kind of have a you have a a connection. Maybe it was on one of his paychecks. Yeah. Yeah. Like this his signature has like pirate uh like a, you know, a, a parrot flying around and like a three masted ship and everything and it, he's just got pirate vibes. Oh my god. Um uh, there's also I just want to point out uh I looked it up for all of 5 minutes and couldn't find it, but there was a pirate themed bar in Detroit oh. uh somewhere near Ferndale for a while oh boy I hadn't been there but I heard it was one of the most depressing places on the planet <laughs> I could see that I, I mean well look the the pirate adventure place next door to medieval times in Orange County also seems like a pretty <laughs> depressing place I, I think that pirate theming in general is... yeah well this wasn't family friendly let's put it that way like they they really leaned hard on the wench side of things oh at this existing one yeah, yeah. Okay, because it seems like the, this one does as well. Like they have. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, because he says to he says to Tim, "We're going to we're going to the pirate whatever the name of it is." But pirates Tim, plank, yeah. Yeah, but he says like we're all the all the waitresses dressed like wenches or something like that. Like it's like he's taking him to pirate hooters. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was wondering. That's exactly what my impression of this place, and uh, I think it was Ferndale was at the time, which is why I was like, oh, I wonder if they're referencing a real place there. Do you think that's a case of a restaurant entrepreneur with too much money who just really wants to get to the bottom of one of his fetishes? He's just like, you know, Hooters, yeah, I guess it's nice having crappy, you know, food served by underpaid women with large breasts, but like, is there a way we can add a more nautical theme to it? Like, what about, (laughs) what about thievery on the high seas? Or can we get a stuffed parrot on a large-breasted, underpaid woman, like, because that's really, I think, what men are looking for, and everyone's like, "Uh, yeah, sure, if you want that, we'll build it." Uh, I was gonna throw a sea shanty into there, but you you handle that bit all on your own. That Tim leaves probably the yeah. name of the house sangria is sea shanty. Um, yes, go. Tim. Tim leaves uh, disappointed, um, but understanding that Brad has to, you know, he's found a new interest in his job, and he can't really be that uh, upset about it until uh he overhears rob uh say okay we're ready to go um i got a i got a porsche brad you want to drive there yes now you okay so you tell what tim does and then i got a thing okay well first of all a porsche uh, what the fuck rob what the fuck um tim knocks over what i think was a, a helmet of some sort uh just out of like oh yeah well <laughs> yeah yeah, just pure, you know, spite and jealousy. Yeah. So, um, if I were the father of a teenage boy and oh he's boy. hanging out a lot oh with boy. his twenty-five-year-old <laughs> manager, to put a, the parent alarm on. I'm. I would be a little bit. If it's like, oh, so he's gonna like, hey, do you want to drive my car so we can ha-? like? I'm spending lots of time with him. He's getting lots of one-on-one attention from his twenty-five-year-old boss. His boss is like taking him out to a kind of sexy uh, <laughs> restaurant and letting him drive his sports car to get there. I'm not saying I would be. I would like you know go crazy i would just also be like let's let's have rob over for dinner and like make sure what his deal is because i my antennae would be up a little bit about this great episode which i love i'm very hesitant to go into this because it is kind of a sensitive moment for me i've been in the situation you're describing it's not with a character like rob Mm -hmm. the reality of that situation is your boss ask the boss asks you to give him a ride home in your car and stop to get a six pack or 12 pack of beer on the way to his place. 
Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds uh, that sounds worse. In fact, because if if Rob can afford a Porsche, he can certainly do a lot better than wooing someone so green under the thumb like Brad. Yes. Okay. Like he he doesn't have to put he doesn't have to put the grooming in. Yes, I suppose that's right. I suppose that's right. He doesn't have to do the you know he can. Well, I, what the fuck am I saying? I don't know. It was just one instance that happened to me. It was weird. Uh, I didn't like it. Yeah, maybe there are Robs in the world as well. What yes. do I know? Yeah, who can who can really say? Who are we to paint with so broad a brush? Yes. Um, but anyway, there are many colors of tra- uh, trauma. Yes, we get uh, Tim pushes the the helmet over a bunch of skis uh, fall that transition transition us back home where Jill is making some tea and Tim comes home moaning. Yes, yes, halfway doubled over, <laughs> and she says, uh, "Oh, where'd you go for lunch?" And he goes, "Oh." And she says, ah, Polish food. And he goes, oh. And Jill says, Polish food from Stan's and Hamtramck. And then he vomit burps. Yes. Which is gross. Yes, pretty bad, pretty bad. Again, more entries in the uh, (laughs) Tim's weird relationship with Polish food department, a thing that I will never stop loving. Uh, but he explains to, uh, you know, she said, why don't you and Brad just eat at the mall? And he explains that Brad and Rob went out and he is Mm -hmm. upset that Brad is becoming a different person because of how much time he's spending with Rob. He thinks he's picking up some bad habits. Uh, for instance, I saw him reading the financial section the other day of the newspaper. Yes. And Jill's like, well, what's wrong with that? Uh, and he goes, everybody knows you read the sports, then the comics, and then whatever the first page is. (laughs) Jill says, the news. <laughs> uh, so Tim Tim is clearly jealous of Rob at this point, and Jill sees right through it. Yes. he. Well, uh, Tim, and Tim also says mm-hmm. he, he expresses worry that Brad isn't studying for his PT-109 right. tests, which, <laughs> of, A, misstating the PSAT. B, if he's gotten it confused with what I believe is a reference to the PT boat commanded by John F. Kennedy in World War II, that is a very deep cut of historical knowledge for Tim. <laughs> he's even more specifically referring to the Glenn Ford starring movie PT-101, uh, where <laughs> he was playing John F. Kennedy in the Pacific Theater uh, uh, drama. Where Tim Allen played John F. Kennedy? Oh my god, that must have been an amazing Glenn movie. Glenn Ford. I uh, thought I said Glenn Ford. Where, t- where Tim Allen played Glenn Ford as John F. Kennedy? <laughs> uh, anyway, Jill uh, tries to assure Tim and says, oh, this is just new and exciting. Uh, you know, pretty soon it'll be routine and just something that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Tim goes, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a marriage. Yeah. You know, you kind of get into things, and then, you know, um, uh, I see, you know, <laughs> he sees that Jill isn't buying it, and he's like, actually, no, it's something like a marriage at all. Uh, completely backslides. It's He gets very lost in the middle of it, and you see him trying to, like, think on the fly of what he wants to say because Jill is not <laughs> not liking it. Yep. We get a scene slide transition to a little bit later. Uh, Brad is reading a brochure at the uh, kitchen island, and Tim is getting something out of the fridge. The phone's ringing. Nobody's picking it up. It's the product brochure that he's reading. (laughs) It's it's he has become fully enmeshed in in just reading about the stuff that's being stocked. Um, But yeah, he doesn't. So Tim Tim kind of looks at Brad not paying attention, then just goes, "I'll get it." Uh, walks over, picks up the phone on the 17th ring, and it's Angela. And Tim just starts going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then Brad walks over, takes the phone from Tim, and just continues the uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Good bit. I had forgotten about Angela, and this was a nice reminder, and I immediately remembered exactly who Angela was. <laughs> Perfect. 
Um, apparently, and then so the as the phone call goes, Brad goes, yeah, you know, actually, I really need to read up on this stuff tonight. Uh, so maybe we can go out next week and hangs up with her. Sorry, Peggy, I can't. I can't go out with you. I have to read my product catalog. <laughs> Tim calls Brad out for wanting to count shoes because uh, he's going to go count in- inventory that night at the store uh, instead of going out with a beautiful girl. Uh, and I don't know why this moment just made me so uncomfortable. Brad gets a little cocky and goes, "Yeah, well, you know, I got to add a little to my paycheck this week. By the way, Dad, what are you pulling down these days?" And even before Tim responded, I was just like, "Oh, I don't like that. I don't. I don't know why it touched on such a weird nerve for me." Uh, yeah, talking to your parents about how much money they make, it, like, it, on the one hand, it touched a weird nerve, but also I was like, "Wait, Tim, please tell him exactly how much you make. I want to know so bad how much you get paid at tool time." <laughs> like it's the ultimate taboo like even more so than sex is like how much money does everybody make <laughs> uh and uh cuz then he goes just you know just ballpark and tim kind of just stares at him for a little bit and goes how about if you ever ask me that again you're no longer in the ballpark <laughs> yeah you got you got ejected for being too drunk and asking too many questions uh about money although at the same time i feel like people who work at the same workplace should openly compare information about how much they're getting paid in order to hold management's feet to the fire if like women or minorities <laughs> are getting paid less than the white people there or just if anybody's not getting paid enough uh join a union so just we don't ask, later just don't get into a union with your parents unless you work at the same place <laughs> We cut the later. Uh, Randy comes home and asks when uh, uh, dinner is, and Jill says, "Oh, they're gonna eat as soon as." Oh, <laughs> Tim says, "Oh, we'll eat as soon as Brad gets back from taking the PMS test." And uh, and Randy says, "Well, I just saw him through the window at the sporting goods store." And Jill goes, "But he was supposed to leave at noon to take the test." And then Randy, "Oh, is, no, no, no! It was uh, the window at school. No, in fact, I, looked like he was doing really well. Uh, gotta go. Bye." Yeah, it just runs out of the room. I love how quickly Randy is just like. Yeah, even though even though it's not his chestnuts in the fire, he's like, oh, well, I don't want to be around for the drama that ensues. I feel bad about this. See, like when they were kids, it was a tit for tat. I'm going to punch you in the face. You're going to punch me in the face. We're going to tear each other's hair. I, I want to avoid the physical contact. Now it's like I'm going to cover for you because we're teenagers and I'm going to need someone to cover for me. So you're not even going to have to ask me. It's just going to be like I covered for you this morning. Don't worry about it. Just you know, you pat my back next time I need something. Yes, yes. Scratch it. Scratch scratch or pat. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, do do whatever you want to my back. Just be gentle. <laughs> Just make sure you got it, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Jill is livid, and Tim's like, you're right. We got to put an end to this right now. And he calls the store. Brad answers. Uh, you're busted. It's dad. <laughs> and and then Jill is on the other line and uh, and is also going after him. And Brad explains yeah. that well, Holly was supposed to cover for him, but then she wound up leaving. And Brad explains, oh, well, I you know I can take the PSATs another day. Rob didn't even go to college, and he's doing all right. And then he just basically says, look, I gotta go. I'm really busy, and he hangs up. And then leaving a great Tim and Jill in the middle of an argument, just holding the phones to their ears and continuing like. I can't believe he just hung up on us. Yes. <laughs> right. And Jill, and Jill says into the phone, Rob really is a bad influence. Or, or Tim says, Rob really is a bad influence. And Jill says, what are we going to do? And then, t- and this whole time they're standing like two feet away from each other, still holding the phones. Randy is standing behind them, just watching them <laughs> do this with this delightful JTT look of uh, kind of confusion and, and amusement. And then Tim looks at Jill and says, well, since we're in the same house, first step would be stop talking on the phones. <laughs> 
then we get a PMS test transition to uh, back to the store. Mm-hmm. Tim has approached Holly uh, with some bino- who's looking through some binoculars. Yeah, uh, it says, "Is Brad here?" And she goes, "Is anybody really here, or are we all just random combinations of some atomic particles?" And my note was, "I'm in love with Holly." Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I aspire to to the level of disdain for her job that she has. Uh, I think she is an intellectual uh, that I can aspire to try to be. It's it's not just her disdain for her job; it's her disdain for objective shared reality. Like she doesn't <laughs> like. I, she doesn't even trust her own eyes. Like she just has the disdain for existence. That's that's really the next level of hating your job is hating that you are alive to be experiencing your job. I'm just saying, when I worked at Sam Goody, man, she would have been a role model for me. Um, says that Brad went out on an errand for Rob. Mm-hmm. And Tim goes, okay, I will just sit here and wait for him. And she goes, well, if you break anything, you're buying it. And he immediately walks over to a massage chair, which brings back a whole other set of <laughs> nostalgia for me. The uh, sharper image days of going to sit in the massage chair while waiting for my parents to shop. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like the, this, this bit with the, because I've seen, I've seen on a lot of sitcoms from this time period jokes about leather massage chairs. Frasier does yep. one where they they replace Marty's uh, chair yep. with uh, with a massage chair, and there's just this recurring bit of men trying the massage chair and being both kind of enticed by it, but then also shocked and ashamed by what happens in it. And it just, it makes me Which think... Is, I, I, I never understood the joke because it's not like it goes... It, it, like, goes to your tailbone. It's not like it, it sticks a thumb up your butt or so, anything. So, I, so Some of them do. There was one in a mall that I put a quarter in once, and one of the massage bits just is just really Truman, wailing on your, on your butt. Just like... Truman, did someone ask you to come behind a curtain to test out this no, chair no it was in, like come in the back of the store my, trust me it's fine it, i get it's not even out on display yet it's a chair that is gonna hit the streets next week you, you know now that i think about it i'm not even sure that was a chair i didn't even check so hard <laughs> it was just a guy <laughs> a, guy, a guy wearing a, a pair of brown uh pants a brown velvet pants and a, yeah brown leisure just suit, like a basically. leather tarp draped over him yeah, that's. Um, I mean, look, I'm. Oh my god, I, I'm. I'm realizing a lot here? now. A lot of a lot of repressed memories. The point is, uh, I, it just makes me think that a lot of uh, TV writers went to the same sharper image and sat on the same chair. <laughs> There's just one at the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can you can chart all of the uh, massage chair jokes to when they first started stocking it at the sharper image Sherman Oaks Galleria that was close to uh, all the writers' rooms. Weird cinema history note: you can actually see some of those script writers in the background of Commando in the mall scenes <laughs> testing out that chair. If if the movie had higher resolution, you could if, if we can, if, when they get the 8K release, you can zoom in and see, you know, the the writers for Mr. Belvedere, you know, jumping out of a chair in shock and a little bit of shame. <laughs> oh my god. Um so Rob comes over uh, at a certain point, and uh, him and Tim have the confrontation. Yes. And Tim goes, well, it's easy for you to say with your ski condo on Boyne Mountain. Now, okay, I'm not going to beat this to death because we've talked about he owns a sporting goods store in a mall. Yes. I looked this up now that I had a location. Ski condos in Boyne Mountain, Michigan, holy cow, start at $230,000. Okay, so... 
that's Boeing Mountain. I thought Tim just said Boeing Mountain to refer to the fact that he's boinging a lot of chicks up there. And that <laughs> No, no. This makes B O Y N E. Boeing Boeing Mountain. I like mine I like my version better though. <laughs> it's it's the Boeing condo <laughs> in Boeing Mountain. Hey ladies want to want to climb Boeing Mountain? I, I don't know. <laughs> You're, at, you're you're selling them climbing gear at the sporting goods store. It's a natural segue. Rob didn't know about uh, Brad not taking the test, and uh, you know Tim says, "Well, you know maybe you should tell him uh, that you had to work for this job and yada yada yada." And he goes, "Well, you know I, I had a bunch of shitty jobs before this. I'm not I'm not so bad. I would have told him. Uh, I was cleaning restrooms for two years at Stan's Polish Food in Hamtramck." Yeah. <laughs> And there's this huge laugh, and Tim kind of has this 1,000-yard stare, and Rob goes, you wouldn't believe what goes on in there. <laughs> Tim kind of wears his shame on his sleeve and just goes, yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was even, it was, it was almost like, yeah, like the shame almost comes through in his voice, just, <laughs> yeah, I would. Like, um, like they're like they're. It's like when two Vietnam veterans meet and are like, "Oh, were you in the shit?" Yeah, I was in the shit. Last I'll say about this: uh, cleaning restrooms for two years right before you buy a sporting goods store in a mall. I was cleaning restrooms at Kmart before I worked at Sam Goody. I did not own Sam Goody after I worked cleaning restrooms at Kmart. And this is the thing. This is again why I like I really feel like any given uh you know Republican member of the Senate or the House if you ask them what does it mean to work your way to the top they're going to say like well you know it's when a you know teenager graduates from high school you know he cleans bathrooms for God. 18 to 24 oh, months and then with see... the and then you know he's scrimped and he's saved so he has like probably about half a million dollars in seed capital to open a sporting Every... goods store this word coming out of your mouth I see coming out of the scrunched up confused irate face of Tucker Carlson. Yes. I hate it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, I am basically reading you a Facebook comment, uh, you know, by a dude whose profile picture is him wearing wraparound shades sitting in the front seat of a truck <laughs> on an article posted by Ilhan Omar or AOC. Like, just, just if you work hard, uh... every good thing will happen to you. You just have to try hard for a little bit of time, and then you have enough to buy a store and run a store and a ski condo and a hot rod, and you bang lots of hot chicks, and I inherited a fortune from my parents who invested in soybean futures when I was a baby. <laughs> God. I have opinions. Um, Brad comes back and asks, Dad, what are you doing here? And Rob, uh, Tim's goes, you didn't, you know, you, you didn't take your test. Uh, what the fuck's going on, you hey, punk? Hey, hey, you dingus. Hey, hey take your <laughs> and test. And Rob goes, your dad just wants to make sure you have your priorities straight. And Tim goes, I can handle this. Stay out of my business, asshole. <laughs> Brad, I just want to make sure you have your priorities straight. And then he turns to Rob, I was going to say that. <laughs> I like this. Uh, I, I like the self awareness of Tim here, knowing that he yes. realizing that he sounds ridiculous. But I also like that Rob turns out to be a pretty good dude. Yeah, like yeah. that could have went in a different direction. Totally, and uh, it was a nice surprise to go. Oh, he wasn't aware of it. He's not a bad influence. He's just like he would have steered Brad in that direction if he'd known what was going on. I and um, 
And I want to take just a second here and stop mm-hmm. the podcast and announce to our listeners that my upstairs neighbors have chosen today for the first time to start blasting just rave-ass techno music very loud. So I'm going to be trying to noise filter this out, but if you're hearing this in the background, I'm sorry, and my neighbors <laughs> suck. For what it's worth, I can't hear it over the phone so well i'm i'm looking at the i'm looking at the noise monitor on my zoom or the or the sound levels on my zoom and when i'm saying nothing it, it is pipping just a little bit with the <laughs> all right well if we get uh if we get dinged with royalty fees send them to your neighbor's office yeah, well look, um, and this is the thing my my upstairs neighbor though you know he's got the penthouse apartment at the top with the big balcony you know he's and he i think he's partying right now with all his hot girlfriends you know because he Truman. runs a sporting goods store is it rob yeah does I, rob live upstairs yeah he's 25 years old he's made his fortune in life from cleaning bathrooms for exactly two years not a day longer he he owns the store at the sherman oaks galleria where all the writers sat in the massage chair yes yes that that chair that has been the muse for so many writers butts brad says uh he'll do the right thing sorry about all that dad i will make time to do make sure my grades are up and tim goes and the important stuff it's like and i'll make sure i make time to work with the hot rod. Yes. <laughs> yes. And with that, arm in arm, they they walk out uh they walk out the door. Oh, actually, and one thing though, before yeah. we before we start to fade out, I will agree with the point that you made earlier that I interrupted for the music warning. Um, I like that they made Rob a nice guy as well. I like yeah. that Rob was kind of a good role model. I like that Rob didn't just turn out to be, you know, sleazy and skeevy and Tim is the only male figure you can trust. Well, because there, there, it's like there's multiple things to learn here. You know, Tim, Brad needs to learn that, you know, there's more than work. You know, you, you can't have, you know, um, ne- such narrow focus in your life. You need to make, you know, uh, prioritize things and, mm-hmm. and dedicate yourself to multiple responsibilities. That's what it is to be an adult, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, that uh, Tim needs to learn that, you know, you shouldn't just jump to conclusions. Uh, and I think he kind of learns that here that, you know, Rob turned out to be a pretty good dude and successful. You know, I've been criticizing him this entire time. Maybe he just knows how to fucking push skis, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. What yeah. do I know? Yeah, maybe that's. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We're we're the losers. We're the welfare queens. We are the takers. <laughs> so that's that's the ex, that's the lesson that I didn't even see coming in this episode is that I had a lesson to learn. <laughs> yes, your bootstraps remain unpulled on. If you just would do that much, you would be fine. Um, oh, the scene fades out. We go to our stinger, which is in the backyard. Randy and Mark have, uh, they're standing on something, looking over the fence at Wilson, who is painting something. Uh, Randy starts asking, hey, did you ever give up uh, blading, rollerblading? And he goes, no, man, I've been practicing. <laughs> and Wilson just, I never thought I'd hear these words coming out. I, uh, it's so good. <laughs> this was a moment I wished we could have been together for the episode. I know. He goes, uh... No, man, it's bitchin', dude. The results have been bitchin', dude. (laughs) And we pull back to see what Wilson is putting the final touches on. It's a half pipe in the backyard of his uh, house. Yes. And he gets up and starts to do uh, some tricks for for Mark and Randy, skating back and forth, doing, uh, you know, Awesome Whatever little, I mean, no flips or anything because it's a tiny little studio that they're filming in. It's but a tiny little half know, pipe. He's doing ollies and whatever other yeah, ten eighties you know. and three sixties. Uh, and oh my uh, god, Tony Hawk pro skaters too. Uh, and <laughs> Randy says, "That's amazing, Wilson. Is there anything you can't do?" 
<laughs> I don't know how to stop. Whoa! And we get this great shot from the other, from Tim's side of the fence of just, just you know, you just see Wilson like, sk- you know, flying up over one end and flying up over the other end and going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Delightful. Just absolutely it delightful. Was. I exactly what I wanted. If you told us in season one that we were going to get this eventually, oh, we would have been so excited. <laughs> and you know what? The the magic of that moment, Truman, what? was that I went through the whole scene and didn't even get angry that Wilson was wearing a helmet and pads. Well, they are cool, for one thing. <laughs> Also, you had to ruin it. Also, also, Wilson's an old man. If anyone should be wearing protective gear when doing extreme sports, it's an old man with brittle, weak bones. <laughs> he's not that old. Yeah, he's old enough to be retired and a widower. What, he's like 57, maybe? Oh, okay, okay. Again, we live in this dream economy. Like, yes, well, Wilson scrubbed toilets for two years, so he was able to make enough money to retire at 45. Well, I'm just saying he might be 57. May okay, let's say he's 60 at the most. Uh, he certainly doesn't look more than 60. Do you agree well, with that? Well, you, you never. You're missing a lot of his face, so it's kind of hard to gauge how old he really is. <laughs> well, you can go by his stoop. You know, he's got a. He's pretty erect. Oh come on, Landon! Come on! I'm not going. I'm not going there with that. I'm saying better than that. His posture. Yes. Okay. You know. Yeah. So he stands up straight, but he was also in the military, right? But he doesn't, like, grunt and groan when he has to move around. He's pretty nimble. I'm just dude, saying he dude doesn't. does yoga, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's end this episode. Yes, let's let's nip it in the bud, Andy. Uh, uh, grunt count. There weren't any grunts in this episode. Huzzah, unless you count huzzah. moans. Yep, and you don't count moans. Moans are not grunts. Grunts are grunts. <laughs> grunts are grunts. Um, yeah, no, no, no grunts. But congratulations, guys. <laughs> anyway, just just in general. Um, okay, so let's get the hell out of this episode as it is long. And ravey. Uh, so I, I wonder, oh God, okay, in about two grunt work episodes, you can watch half a season of Home Improvement. That's scary to me. Yes. Um, but just want to mention that we are doing our next live recording on... April 20, what did I say? 20, uh, nope. <laughs> no, April 18th. April 18th. Yes. So that April is April 20th in, is a different holiday. That is one month from today. Uh, we were going to do it on the 4th, but that is Easter Sunday. And We figured uh, y'all might religious. like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but you might have family plans. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But didn't want to risk it. So April 18th. Uh, and if you want to watch that episode, it is going to be um, episode 13. Is that right? Uh, yes, this is 11, so 12 and then 13. That's how it works. Lucky okay, number 13. I'm not going, not going to say the uh, the name of it, but Thank uh, you. episode 13. So uh, tune in for that. If you want to watch it beforehand, uh, you can. And I guess that's it. Do you have anything, uh, any post-amble you want to go through? Uh, no. You don't have to. No, uh, no, I have nothing else except an apology for the continued rave music that I'm trying to edit out right now. <laughs> so uh, make sure to join us on Discord uh, for that live show before April 18th, and uh, more details will be given out shortly. So here we go. Grunt Work is made possible by our Patreons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. 
Leave us a rating review over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast because it's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it really goes a long way to help others find the show. Stop by and say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntworkPod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com where you can also see information about today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified, nudified, nudified <laughs> to, be, to take off it's all new your app. clothes. <laughs> notified whenever a new episode is released or whenever a nude episode is released. Uh, one happens more frequently than the other. I'm not mm. going to tell you which. Until next time, <laughs> when we bring you... Another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, nobody ever laid on their deathbed and said, I wish I spent more time at the office. Which is why it's important to take work home with you instead. 22. Uh-huh.